Hello and welcome. I'm Lizzie Frisby, and you're listening to a brand new podcast series all about the life of Chawton House. Based in the tiny village of Chawton in Hampshire is the once home of Edward Knight, brother of world famous writer best known for her novel Pride and Prejudice, Jane Austen. With so much going on all year round, I'll be keeping you informed on what's going on, talking to curators, volunteers, gardeners, guest speakers and more. To introduce you to the series, we'll be talking to Katie Childs, the Chief Executive of Chawton House. So, without further ado, why not grab yourself a cup of tea and maybe some scones with jam and let's begin. Hello, Katie. Hello, Lizzie. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. We are just reopening the gardens at Chawton House, so it's a nice, positive day and positive reopening after the the lockdown. Indeed, very exciting day for us all. And listeners, you'll be glad to know that we are still maintaining a good social distance amongst everyone that comes into the building and the staff and everything, so no need to worry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Perspects. screens (laughs) screens and, and yeah. all sorts all over the place plenty of sanitizer and all sorts <laughs> well i suppose we're doing a little introduction to chawton house so would you be able to explain to maybe someone who doesn't know what chawton house is what is chawton house well we are a historic house in estates here in northeast hampshire and i guess we're probably most well known for our connection to jane austen so the house, Chawton House, um, was inherited by her brother, Edward. And it's, uh, it's one of those almost fairy tale family stories. The house is and has been in the Knight family since the late 16th century. So he was adopted into the Knight family. So that's how he became. He went from being Edward Austin to Edward Austin Knight. And the reason that came about is that the Knights who were here at Chawton Thomas and his wife Catherine, when they got married, they either knew they weren't going to have children or, or weren't able to have children and set off on their honeymoon tour of their, of their lands and estates, as I, suppose, nice. as I suppose you did then. And, uh, and that took in Steventon um, and the rectory at Steventon. Um, that was to meet their uh, second cousins, or sort of certainly very distant cousins, who was George Austen, Reverend George Austen, who of course is Jane Austen's father. Um, and whilst they were there, they met and really fell for Edward. He wasn't the eldest son. Um, he maybe wasn't the smartest son. I don't know. But he was the third son and they were completely charmed by Edward. I suppose he was quite a good age in terms of moulding an heir at the age of 12. Mm. So they took him on the remainder of their honeymoon and they paid for him to go on the grand tour, which was a sort of the education for, for a young gentleman in those days and actually we have a portrait here of Edward and that portrait of Edward is um, kind of from his grand tour um, and he inherited the estate when when well shortly after Thomas died and and, uh, and he took the name Knight he inherited this estate and the estate in, in Kent called Godmersham and after his his wife died he was thinking about his estates and he made a cottage available for his sisters Cassandra and Jane and their mother who was by that point widowed on the estates and that was in the village of Chawton it was the bailiff's cottage in Chawton and what's now Jane Austen's house museum and Jane Austen therefore was very familiar with this house and very familiar with the grounds and the land Edward would have owned a great proportion of the land around the village as well as a lot of the of the property in the village at that time. So she would walk the grounds here, she would visit Chawton House 
obviously to visit her family, particularly mm. when they, although they were resident at Godmersham, the family would come here in the summer. So Edward's children would stay here to and from when they were going to Winchester College, which is where they were educated. So yeah, Jane was very familiar with this, this property. The dining room has a dining table in it, which we are pretty sure is the dining table that was here then. So she would have sat and dined at with the family and they write wow. in letters and journals to say how much time they, they spend between this house and the cottage. So yeah, so Chawton is the historic house. Sadly, we don't have quite the same acreage <laughs> that Edward had, mm. um, but we have formal gardens and a, a historic parkland that surrounds the property and it's all open to the public. The only difference now, I guess, between uh, our time and Edward's time is that we also have an extraordinary library of early women's writing. Of course, because it used to be Jordan House Library was the That's name of it That's true, before. yes, yes. So um, the library is here for two reasons, really. One, Edward had an extraordinary library at Godmersham Park and Jane Austen would have spent uh, many, many months in the library at Godmersham Park. She writes how she sat in the library, mistress of all she surveys. And we have what remains of that library here because it's mm. still within the Knight family and that's on, on long-term loan here at, at Chawton. We have the catalogue so we know what she what was in the library in 1818 so we've got a good a good guess as to what, she, what uh, reading material uh, she had available to her and, and what we have. They've all got very distinctive bookmarks. They were excellent at cataloguing mm. the Knight family. It's, <laughs> it's a great joy. But when the house fell into a state of disrepair in the late 1980s and the current uh, freeholder, Richard Knight, assumed the freehold at the end of the 1980s. He worked with a very generous lady called Sandy Lerner, who was a collector of early women writers. Her passion was early women's writing and, and Jane Austen. And she collected and funded the renovation of the house. She set up the Chawton House Charity which is what I'm the chief executive of now. And uh, she collected this extraordinary collection of works by early women writers. So we've got over 10,000 works by early women writers. Wow. And I'm not sure you expect to find that necessarily up a long country house drive in, in mm. Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, what is Chawton House today then? It sounds like there's so much that people can come and visit and find out more Absolutely. about. Absolutely. So yes, we're, we're essentially, we're at the heart of all sorts of different kind of communities because we have all of these different facets of what we are but we are open to the public and um, hopefully shortly the house will start to reopen to the public in kind of normal times the house is is open to visitors and we had 20,000 visitors for the first time last year so the houses and the gardens are open to the public we run a, a very popular tea room mm. um, which is takeaway at the moment it's about to it's about to have a sort of um, small sibling tea, <laughs> tea kiosk <laughs> on the uh, on the parkland as well because we know people enjoy walking the gardens and the the grounds particularly are beautiful and, and some of the views that you can see are some of those unspoiled 19th century views that if Jane Austen didn't know them then certainly her uh, her brother would later into the 19th century and uh, nieces and nephews so those are those beautiful unspoiled views and it's a place for people to come and visit to come and relax the library is open to researchers um, so that we and whether that's an academic researcher or a scholar someone who's got a particular interest 
in one area or it might be someone who is a playwright or is um, some sort of creative artist yeah. who's looking at the botanical drawings or something like Fantastic. that so it's it's also that research center in collection but we do a lot of other kind of community-based work and activities and we're really trying to kind of broaden out and open up the doors of Chilton House maybe metaphorically just right at the moment (laughs) (laughs) so that um more and more people can find their place here and find the thing that is um that's of interest to them as Mm. I said it might be the gardens but for some people it might be doing yoga in the rose garden which we've we've recently restarted so yeah there's it's it's a place to meet it's a place to be creative it's a place to relax it's a place to walk and um, and we yeah, try and keep that open right. to as many people. Yeah, and a place to enjoy plenty of cakes as well. <laughs> Very importantly. Scones, cakes, <laughs> sausage rolls. Think of you name it. <laughs> Fantastic. And for maybe those of you that might want to do a little bit more than just visiting the house, if you're local or able to get here easily, I understand you have a large team of volunteers here at Chawton House. We do, we're really lucky. We have... Um, about 80 volunteers wow they're all all do different sorts of roles at Chawton House so we have different teams within those volunteers and um, we have a team who steward the house and at the moment garden and mm-hmm. um, so help with welcoming visitors explaining the history of the house we have a small team who do tours and we'll be able to to redo tours of both the house and the gardens we have a new team of, they're about a year old as a team, but a team of garden volunteers, and it's about 20 garden volunteers now, which is really Great. important for, for Julia, our gardener, to have all of that extra um, assistance, but also the, that extra knowledge, because you've <laughs> got some, some experts on kitchen gardens within the <laughs> volunteers, and goodness only knows what else. Um, and we have collections volunteers as well, so there's a, a group who work um, with Emma, our curator, um, to help conserve uh, the books that are in the library, but also help sort of sort what we have and kind of select works for exhibition and for research and study and things mm. like that. So she has a team as well. But we do so many kind of events and things like that. Everybody can turn their hand to, to different things. Our volunteers are incredibly talented. Yeah, and how can they get involved if someone new's listening and wanting to try and be a volunteer? Well, the... Um, how to sign up um, to be a volunteer is on our website and all sorts of information about about what happens at Chawton is, is on our website. So seek that out or if you have any questions about Chawton House, info at chawtonhouse.org is a really good place to start. Brilliant. And that's where you can get all the updates and everything going on as well as being volunteers. And also going back to the volunteers, if someone isn't sure that they haven't tried anything before, is here a good place to come up and be trained in anything? Absolutely. Because we do, we sort of fit people to make sure the different roles suit them. Everybody gets a a kind of little induction with Ian, who's our our head volunteer, who organises all the volunteers. Um, But they're a lovely, um, it's a lovely community. Some people have volunteered for a very long time. But yes, it's something where you can commit as much or as little time as you have, really. Fantastic. It seems like there's a very big community or communal feel here at Chawton, whether that's you volunteering or amongst the staff or amongst those visitors that like to come regularly or maybe yeah. not so regularly well, any time of year. Maybe it's, it's just my view, but I think we are all one big team whether that's the the board of trustees or or Mm -hmm. the staff team and the volunteers and as you say people who are here 
who support us um, from afar. We have a, an extraordinary uh, North American Friends organisation who are very oh. active and, and avid supporters of us. And we know that their links to us are, are largely digital. So actually the, the big online programme that we've run has been something they've been able to enjoy, which isn't always the case, obviously, for events. Certainly, they'll be, I'm sure, hopefully, listeners to, yeah. to this podcast. So, um, no, we are one big team, I think, and it's important for me that everybody has their role to play and plays their part, but I know everybody's got kind of hidden talents and skills and, and things that they... Yeah. And ideas as well. Um, it can't just all come from... Um, from me because that would that would be a terrible place <laughs> exhausting <laughs> brilliant and finally what would you say is your favorite part of Chawton House oh that is a difficult question um well there's all sorts of little kind of parts of both inside the house but um there's certain bits of the gardens that I think are a little underrated so of course the rose garden is beautiful the wall garden is historic and um and you Mm. can tell such a good story but earlier today i was walking around the gardens with our gardener and we walked down as you walk up the path past the wall garden and you walk down towards topfield and topfield Mm. is it gives you the sense of that kind of georgian era estate it's a big carriage drive around it an awful lot of sheep in it at the moment um but that (laughs) vista as you sort of dip down and it's quieter and you're kind of hidden away from the house uh is a really kind of you can't see anything that is man-made um it's it's a really kind of beautiful hidden part of the house so maybe i've just given away the place that i go when when (laughs) it's a piece of quiet yeah everyone will come flooding there now (laughs) but yeah it's it's the source of house and the source of property that every little bit you can find kind of different stories and you can find you can imagine different bits there's a an alcove in the oak room where knight family folklore says that's where jane austen sat and read to her Mm. nieces and nephews it's a beautiful spot looking back down the drive and you could perfectly imagine somebody doing that the fireplace in the in the dining room so picturesque picturesque beautiful and that was a a silver wedding present from Montague Knight to his wife Florence, who lived here. Uh, Montague was a squire in the late uh, late nineteenth century, early twentieth century. It's quite a silver wedding present, Lutchen's <laughs> um, Lutchen's fireplace. So it's yeah, there's all sorts of kind of little corners, and I think uh, it, it's a sort of place where people do come. And we do, you're right, we do have regular visitors, and you see something different yeah. um, each time you come. And what do you think Jane Austen thinks of this all? <laughs> I wonder she might be a bit amused at the whole <laughs> that, that, that she is the centre of this industry, not just uh, <laughs> not just Chawton Village and the. I mean, uh, one of the reasons why people why people do come to Chawton, both to both houses, but uh, yeah, I th- I think she would be. Uh, she was such a good social commentator, mm. um, and she was very good at drawing characters. Um, and very distinctive characters and I think there would be plenty of material around the Chawton house kind of big team and family that I think she would be amused and but in a good way I hope she's she would be happy yeah. um, with the way in which we're doing it well thank you very much for introducing us to Chawton house Katie my pleasure thank you Many thanks to the Chief Executive Katie Child once again for introducing us to Chawton House. Do stay tuned for further episodes on talks and events as well as exclusive tales old and new here at the house not to be missed. 
Next time, curator Cleo O'Sullivan takes us through the 2020 Man Up exhibition. To keep up to date with upcoming events, do head over to our website, or you can follow Chawson House on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And thank you for this music track, Guitalele's Happy Place by Kara Square, found on ccmixter.org.